Hey guys, this is Caleb Plank, and I'm here with Ricardo Laborio. Hey guys. Needs no introduction, but we're going to introduce a little bit, you know, because a lot of people call you the father of MMA, coming through jiu-jitsu from Brazil to America. Too know. much responsibility, I'm uh, father of MMA. <laughs> Grandfather or something there. It's maybe, maybe. Um, quick though, like, so when you came out of Brazil, you did a lot of martial arts before BJJ and MMA. So what were some of those? That you kind of got started with. Well, I started four years old in, um, in judo. From there, transitioned to taekwondo. Actually, it was my first encounter with traditional martial arts. Traditional. Even before jiu-jitsu. From there, I did, before jiu-jitsu, I did boxing. Oh, nice. So from taekwondo to boxing, and then jiu-jitsu, and then Muay Thai, and wrestling, and, and so far, so on. You know? So when we talked the other day, you said that jiu-jitsu is kind of like your grounding art, you know, that, that's kind of what your, your base has become. Why was it jiu-jitsu versus some of the other arts? It, it, was, a, it was a glove. It fit perfectly for, for everything. I, I loved so much the environment, the philosophy. Um, I, I think it was mentioned just to you, you know, all my friends are actually from jiu-jitsu, you know, my family and everything else that it was, the whole family is involved with jiu-jitsu some way, somehow, but but the friends, I, I went to college, I went to, you know, with the school, very, and, and I worked in a bank for a long, long period of time, and I rarely getting in contact with, with those people, you know, right. but in jiu-jitsu, it's my, my world. It's it like was it so perfect. something almost a little bit deeper than just, hey, how oh, yeah. are you? When I started doing jiu-jitsu, was like, love at first sight, and I really felt that I, I could be really good at this. I really right. could be great at this. You know, I have a, such a passion and, and I was in the right place at the right time. And I think I could identify that too. I couldn't yeah. see that, you know, it was way before as it is today. You know, jiu-jitsu at the time was, it was a bubble yeah. in Rio de Janeiro yeah. with really few guys doing it. And, and I was feeling very fortunate at the time to be part of that bubble and that sphere, you know, and that I mean, that's really what is, I mean, that launched so much international as far as just, especially the MMA, like when the Valley Tudo transitioned to the MMA and became mainstream, I mean, that was just a culture. But you've got to understand that the Valley Tudo transitioned to no host bar and mm -hmm. then MMA. Ah, that's another thing okay, too, okay. that so people are little... thinking about. There was Valley Tudo before that, before even it was not even the, it was a clash and they form a little bit of the Valley Tudo yeah. and a couple events pop it up, you know, in, in Japan, and <clears throat> there was a clash of styles before that. People do the yeah. challenges, you know, what you, they call confetis in Portuguese. Confetti was when you match up uh, interests on, but I think capoeira is better than jiu-jitsu. I think right. karate is better than jiu-jitsu. There was a, com, yeah. you know, confer that this is really what it is. So there was the confetis, and from there the valitudos, and from there the no-holds bar, and evolves to to the MMA as it is today. So real quick before we get into kind of your perspective on the, the training and everything was, so a banker. So I can remember, I used to be a corporate guy too, and I had a real job <laughs> and I made real money. And I yeah. can remember that there was a moment when I was like, I cannot, I cannot do this so, anymore. Yeah. So what was, what was your moment when you were just like, I can't do this. Yeah. I, w I was raised to work in a bank. My father was a was in a bank, and I was, you know, I, I was working this industry since I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. It started at 12 years old. It was allowed in Brazil to start with 13. I was 
we're called the office boy, you know, serving coffee and getting copies yeah. in Xerox, working a Xerox machine. The intern. The intern, that's it. And when you turn 18, 17 and something, you do a test to see if you can be hired by the company. And this yeah. is a test that everybody wanted to. This is, was extremely difficult and important because I was just studying to pass what they call the vestibular and you do this test and it was 36,000 people in the whole Brazil and I think it was 800 you know, oh, spots. Wow. And, and I was able to get it. It was, cool. it was amazing, but I, man, it was very difficult. It was like very stressful at the time. And it's something that my father wanted me to do it so bad because I right. thought that this is this is the way to go. And I and I from there went to school for business and you know lived the life of a working in the bank industry. Yeah. And I end up being a manager, and that's when what I realized that um, I, I can't do this. This is yeah. nothing. I would never be great at this. I would right. never be amazing at this. And I had a chance to be great at jujitsu. I have a chance to do something special, See, and I love that. But you knew there was no future monetarily as far as like, because at that time, monetarily, there wasn't a future. <clears throat> this is, was extremely stressful to my family because, you know, that was almost like a lack of a common sense getting out of a job that was, especially in Brazil, so secure. Right. Because I worked for the bank from the government. It's mm -hmm. a governmental bank, which is even harder to get in. It was like a, a, a lifetime job. Right. It's everybody wanted to get in. But I really... I really was so different than those guys, you know, people there. And I have good friends up there, but the industry is so different. I'm so used to, to raising inside a gym that anything that you have it, you know, you sort it out, talking to the person or getting a good training or, or fighting after that, everything will be, will be solved. And suddenly you had all these guys talking. Uh, and with the jargons and and with the working the corporate world, you understand. Yeah. But it was too facey for me. I can't. I could do this. Right. I couldn't get you, involved. You were living your passion, like you, what you were destined to do. Right. You were not. correct. So on your perspective. So let me just tell you this. This is this is was important. And at one point there, I was working. I tried to figure it out a project that was going to be pulled out. I won the world championships. This is, was a big deal. I was working in a company. Still working on a. On the Bank of Brazil, but doing a project from there, they called me back. There was a huge transformation inside, and it was extremely stressful because they go, "Hey, you got to come back now. You know, we're not. You can't be outside training and visit the schools and doing this and that. You got it. You got to come back." And one of that, I realized, man, I, I got to do something about this. So you have to move. So it was that. You know, Jesus meaning they really have to make the cross. You've got to do what you have to do. And a friend of mine said that, why do you think you're not going to be successful outside a bank? Because you're successful with your family. You're successful with your relationships. Sure. You're successful with your friendships. You're successful even in a bank that you don't like it. You were able to, to get a management position. You're successful in a sport. You're just, why do you think you're not going to be successful outside? Billions and billions of people live without this job. Why do you think you're not going to be successful? And that was my epiphany. That was like, I got to pursue this. I got to do that. And, and from there, I was able to save money, get out of the bank. We opened Brazilian Top Team, working with Carlson, and working Brazilian Top Team. We opened up American Top Team, and now, you know, in the new projects. But for sure. So whenever you had that moment, that epiphany, it sounds like you had a support structure, but if you were going to try to advise or influence somebody, that's feeling that same thing like how do they take that action in their life like how do they know 
what they have to do, like finding that purpose. Because I feel like that's almost our industry even more, is helping people find that purpose and figure out how they can achieve what they truly want to in life. So if you had to leave something for somebody. I, I will leave it this way. The know first, which is much easier. Know what you don't want it. Right. It was much easier for me when I figured out what I don't want it, and I really don't want it to work there. I yeah. really don't want that future for me. There was a lot of circumstances that would play in my favor. I have no kids. I was not married at the time. I was 27 years old, guy, and I say, you know what, this is not for me. I really know there's not. I'm going to work with the sport and sport right. jiu-jitsu, and, and it's still till today. What I say is make sure that you do your homework and when you put a passion into it and you get a good mentorship, get good people around you, get good leaders, it can't go wrong. Right. Put your time into it. You gotta really have common sense. If you don't have common sense, a mentor will help you, guide you to the common sense. Right. But it's punch the clock, go over it all the all the over overcome everything. Yeah, because that's the that's the reality. I feel like that's what happens on the mats of jiu-jitsu is every class, every training session, you're overcoming fears, concerns, obstacles, and you're growing from it. Which, in today's world, I feel that a lot of that's not happening. Yeah. You know, where people don't get that opportunity as much. So, you know, I feel like that culture is embracing. I don't want to blame social media for it. It's not really reality, but in in a world that everything sh should be and looks so perfect. The right. perfect moment, the perfect face, the, the filter makeup. life. That's yeah, it's, call it. yeah. This filter life, you feel like you you have to plunge yourself into that, which is not reality. Right. You know, overcome, accept things, and just punch the clock. I keep doing saying, but it's reality. It's mm -hmm. it's bad. You don't feel good. Well, research, but just know one thing: you're gonna get up, and you're gonna move on. Right. You're gonna move on. You gotta come back the next day. You, you just don't quit easy. You know, which I think transitions into like, so today working with the fighters, guys doing MMA, you've trained athletes at the highest level across the world. So when guys are wanting to, we talked about something that I was interested, I thought was interesting because I saw this on Facebook literally that night, um, athlete versus a fighter. And I thought that you had a really interesting take on that. And I agree with it completely because they're two different things. So what would you say labels a fighter and what creates the transition to an athlete? You, you can have all the fire in a world and that's this is a little bit of problem the MMA you know there's a lot of guys that come from a, a very hurtful background people that got abused people that don't see any other solutions right. I'm, not, I'm not saying that the majority but there's a lot of people that that they are natural fighters right. and they fight for basically everything they fight to eat they fight to survive they fight for whatever it is and they take this into into the cage yeah. but being an athlete is completely different. You can get the fire and, and the cojones to go for a fight, but to have the system, to have the mentality of a champion, of an athlete, it is the breaking stone, daily basis, punch the clock type of mentality that put you to success. Success. Success is not just your talent. Success is definitely your will. To overcome anything else, when nobody believe it, that's not, not, not even you. Sometimes, yeah. many times you wake up that you know the moment that you in the morning they wake up say, "My gosh, maybe it's gonna work," and no, yeah. and you wake up and you make your bed 
and you brush your teeth and you take your shower and you get your coffee and you were a different person already. Yeah. You know, oh my gosh, I should not listen to that guy in the morning. Yeah, on the inside. Well, exactly. Yeah. And you just do it. You just do it. You just keep coming. And you see what's going to happen. There's no way that in one moment the sun is going to shine. There's no way. So the fighter is the guy that goes there and perform and do a couple of things there, but they don't prepare themselves for it. Right. The athlete itself, or even that person, is going to be successful. So if they're going to transition into that role, if you <coughs> give them one thing that they need to focus on, what would it be? Resilience and acceptance. Accept a couple of things in your life that maybe you can't change. But punch the clock every day. Just put your blinds yeah. and go. One direction. You know, and go. Don't start to listen to everyone. Don't start to listen to that guy in the morning. Just yeah. listen to your goal. Yeah. Right down in the mirror. Go there. When you wake up and you go there and you have to go brush your teeth. If you do that, you know, you're going to see it. Oh, okay. Forget about this. Let's do it. Let's do it. And you go. And you yeah. go. And you go. And in one moment, it's going to get better. Consistency. That's it. Yeah. And resilience. Yeah. And, Which, and and discipline that's what it is so i think that ties into the team idea so you are world around you're a team builder that's what you do like you bring people together which i know because i've been a fan way longer than we you even know who i was existence but i've been a fan i can remember back on the adcc combat website back in like the 90s you know because that was our only connection to anything which first world championships who won that one <laughs> I think it was this guy, right? Yeah. So a lot of people, I think they forget sometimes, you know, like you won the first world championship and you just set such a high standard for yourself and the people around you. And I've noticed over the years, you've always elevated the people around you. So if you were going to take this conversation to people trying to build their team, people that are trying to be a part of the team, what insight would you have for them that makes it work? Care and share. That's it. I like that. Care and share. That's yeah. it. That's what it is. It's not everybody who can't care yeah. or share right now because they got to take care of themselves first. Yeah. Take care of yourself first. So you know, fill from an, uh, a full cup, as they say. Make sure that you are on the right track. And after that, you care yeah. for people and you share. And it's just impossible. Good people, like-minded people being around you. That's what it is. Right. You know? And I think that grows into some of the other activities you've gotten involved with. So you've been doing a lot of philanthropy work and stuff. So I'd like to, I'd like to hear about what kind of impact you're trying to make on the world with that. Um, because, you know, it's training fighters, good martial arts, good teams. But it's bigger than that because we help people. That's what we do. Yeah. So what is your vision now? As far as, you know, with your philanthropy work and reaching out. Or the, you know, the philanthropy, the, the, the philanthropy world work is, is really related to, to Vision Impair, which is dear yeah. to my heart because my daughter is Vision Impair. Right. And I see the kids there. And I see a lot of kids that don't have 1% of a support system that my daughter has. Right. And this is really starting out as a way to bring those kids together because they don't even have social life. Right. You know, but people don't know that 75% of the vision in the United States mm -hmm. are unemployed. And mm -hmm. after school, there's nothing else for them because yeah, it's hard to get a job and really for them to transition there, this is kind of a way to let's, let's stick together because we care about you guys too, you know? It's like that's something the, that we it's kinda like what what's the future of somebody, you know, beyond that education like what's their future going to look like and that's what you're trying to yeah we're building up with collaboration with some really good partners which would be ucf and and the federation for the blind and and the parents of the blind children of florida yeah. 
we have so much support from those those guys, you know, to try to build up a program to teach visually impaired and a program to certify instructors to teach visually impaired throughout at least the United States, right? You know, even the world. Who knows? Yeah. But we started here. You know, mm-hmm. we started with with our vision impaired kids that I know so dearly because they're all friends of my daughter and their parents that need so much support, you know, and, and, and caring, you know, just so hard. For me, it was when we find out when my daughter was going to be vision impaired, I looked into an agency, it was the lighthouse, and I got the first encounter with the steps of what to be, you know, and now right. my daughter is almost like a pre-teenager, and, and, and I have to help a lot of the parents. Yeah. Blindness doesn't come in a certain age. Yeah. You know, you can get a 16-year-old kid that suddenly turns blind and yeah. doesn't know what to do. It's We want us to beat the lie to yeah. help those people that, yeah. that pass through the same moment. I think we can. Um, there's so much going on. There's a lot of work going on, you know. There's, yeah. there's, well, I mean, you've never been a small-scale person, so if this follows any trend of your life, like it's going to be big. You're going to draw people to you. Uh, you know, I know it'll magnify, you know, and that's really why I wanted to kind of have this conversation because it's just like, <laughs> hey, you can't be part of this. Hey, that's, you know, that's you I'll and your wife and your guys too. You're always, I'll be glad to. Cause, you, uh, know, you will. Doing stuff that matters is kind of what, that you know, matters. Our that's exactly what I can say. I can yeah. see in you, I can see in them, but it's got to be something that matters. Exactly. And that's it. Yeah. And it, it's just not, I, I can drive just for, for the money. Yep. You know, that's hard. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm San Fran's, you know, I'm not going to, no, money is important for us. Money is important for education of my kids and the support system. It's is, reality of life. Yeah. And, we, no and we're and we helping people to understand that too. Yeah. You know, that there's a future there. It has to be a future after fighting yeah. and after he, for you to support your kids. You have to have systems. So we are all coming to put a lot of work yeah. on this. But you can't be the main driving tool. This is, can't be the goal. The vision can be that. The I vision agree. has to be through passion, through love, yeah. through caring, through sharing, and that and that's it. You know. So I got to tell you about my moment because since you just said that is why it's key. So when I was in the business world, my sister made this friend of this very successful guy, very wealthy, and she convinced him to send me a fax. And we still had fax in that day, so we sent a fax. And on this fax, it came out and said, "Attention, Caleb, chase your passion. Money's just a byproduct." Um, and that was my uh-huh. moment when I was like, "That's epiphany." Like. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. And that's led my life ever since then. It's like, it's not about yeah. the financial drivers. It's a reality. You know, it's like gravity. You have to address it. Just like when you're wearing a gi and they're choking you, you know, like you have to address the joke. Yeah. But there's a bigger picture that you're trying to accomplish of this positional dominant, you know, growth and things like that. So I think that's a major piece yeah. that exactly what you're talking about is doing stuff yeah. that matters. And sometimes it's just a matter of, of helping people on. There's people that fall, man. Yeah. And and just what they need is a hand to back up. Yeah, just a little you bit know, of assistance. And they start running again. And a lot of times it's a gym that brings them around, go to a jiu-jitsu class. We want to bring a different yeah, perspective on people and life. And, and even for MMA, we want to bring a different perspective that you yeah. don't need to be that trash talker guy or, yeah. you know, directly. Bring integrity to, back to the martial arts. Yeah, a, bring martial arts back to MMA. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Yeah. I, I agree with that completely because, I mean, it just that's what I love about the martial arts is the integrity, you know, the yeah. relationships. Because, like, like, for me, like, I've seen MMA shows where you got guys where they're not getting along. The next weekend, they're at a grappling tournament, and they have a completely different attitude towards each other. You know, it's more respectful, more disciplined. Yeah. I mean, they're still not getting along great, but 
but it brings the best yeah. out of people. And I feel like that's our job as industry leaders, school that's owners, it. participants, find a way to bring the best out of people, which <laughs> is something that, that's what I've always admired of you is because you I it. never have seen you not try to make the best out of a situation or bring the best out of somebody. Um, I, I mean, it's just, and that's truly like that. I feel like that's the gift of life, you know, and it's trying to take that information. But, and but believe me, I, 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 I have my moments. I have, I have my, my spike in my doubts or ever, but I just don't quit. Face the fear. That's it. You know, and I have my, and my dislikes and everybody who takes a position on, for something you're going to be yeah. disliked. Any leader is going to be disliked. That's if it. you're doing anything on a, a level of success, yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's finding ways to cope with that and know in your heart you're doing what's right.